Skin Top and your Tardises, you're listening to another episode of Doctor. Huh? Uh, what? Why did he whip a nene? Why is he d- hitting? Why is he hitting the the gritty? Why is he you doing that? They told me he whip a nene. He's no, 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 no. They were saying, does he? Nay, nay, does nay, he nay, dance? Nay, nay. Does he dance? And they said, nay, nay. Does he do any of the popular Fortnite dances? Does he? Uh, does he do Orange Justice or does he do? Oh, I must have been talking to a horse. Mm-hmm. I am your when I at oh hmm when I hmm when I asked it yeah when I asked what dance yeah. he does what did the horse say he whips a nays and the horse was wrong and the horse is wrong so uh... and horses are fucking liars so I should have known anyway you were you were uh, talking to the two horses and he's like my brother always tells the truth and I always lie. Is that I hate anything? Those horses. Yeah, fuckers. Those. Uh, oh my god! So I'm so angry. Let's just go. I'm Jordan, and I know exactly where my mom is. Ow! Oh god! Sorry. Oh Jesus! I just got a really bad leg cramp. I'm wearing my nano jeans today. Mmm. I get oh, it. Oh, and I'm Sam. <laughs> Who? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh. Full disclosure, first of all, we're going to probably be saying mummy a lot in this mummy, episode. Mummy! So mummy, just be aware of that, because it's mummy. it's, unavo- it's unavoidable when talking about uh, this about episode. About Series 1, Episode 10, The Doctor Dances, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by James Hawes. First first and foremost, everyone knows this is a good episode. Oh, well, maybe people who haven't ever seen the show don't know that. But, like, anyone who's seen I... the show... No, yeah. Loved it. Okay, good. I loved it, too. It's... The best episode we've watched so far. Yeah, um, I think so. Uh, it, it, Sorry, Rancegrove Colos. I mean, it would have been a fucking Shakespearean tragedy if we got to the end of this podcast and the Battle of Rancegrove Colos was our favorite episode <laughs> you of Doctor if, Who. Could you imagine how our listeners would feel if we were like, yeah, I guess that was all right, but I still like Battle of Rancegrove Colos more. Uh, these are very different episodes, you'll find. Very different <laughs> going episodes. For di- very different things. Uh so I watched this episode. The last time I had seen season one episode in the, uh, the Doctor Dances was when I was watching the show, uh, which I was looking at. Oh my the god! Ca- I was watching the show when well, I watched when I was this watching episode. the show my first time through, which if I'm if I'm judging correctly was somewhere in the ballpark of ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And there were moments in this episode that I remember like it was yesterday, which I think st- speaks to uh, how memorable it is. Yeah, uh, Lauren seemed to remember a lot of it, too. I guess uh, there's a lot of gifts that uh, have been made of this episode. It just fucks me up that Stephen Moffat wrote a good one. How did he do that? <laughs> he apparently wrote a lot of good ones. Well, that's what that's what we always have, I, that I've always heard, is that he was great at writing one-off stories and not at writing... Doctor Who. Big arcs. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. I can't vouch for that, but that's what I've heard. Uh yeah, this this was a this is a great episode. I I you know, I I don't I don't want to just lay Ranscorf Kolos to rest cuz I still I liked that Ran- I liked Ranscorf Kolos. But uh yeah, this one's this this just one, fun. Uh, it's just a fun episode. It's fun, it's scary, it's memorable, it's, it's funny. This is an episode because this is what my impression of Stephen Moffat is is that he is a guy who gets ideas for things that would be cool. And then he does them. And sometimes he's wrong. But Stephen Moffat 
saw one of those viral pictures that goes around of children wearing gas masks and said, that's, that's creepy. creepy. And he was right. He is like, uh, what is scary? What do, uh, gas masks and air raid sirens. Stephen Moffat heard a child in his home country of the United Kingdom saying mummy. And he said, huh, mummies, those are oh, monsters. That's terrifying. Uh, we also have an Eccleston in the room. Uh, or should I say an elephant in the room, which is that we have, uh, this is our first episode on the pod with, uh, Ninth Doctor. Now, this was a long time coming, and I think we both hyped ourselves up sufficiently for it. So I gotta ask, how do you feel about number nine? You know, I remembered liking him back in the day when I watched, I think it was just the first three episodes of series one. And it was great to see him again. I liked I him a lot. Him. He's great. He's my favorite so far. Well, he's my favorite of the new Who doctors um, do you think you like mccoy more i've only seen one mccoy though is again the it's 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 rancor of kolos and dr dances they're going for very different types of things you say mccoy you what? said rancor of kolos and the dr dances and then you were talking about mccoy and i got a little confused oh no no, no. i'm just saying it's that's oh, that's the just... new apples and oranges oh i see i see uh yeah it's kind of wordy uh i don't know if i like eccleston more than mccoy but i've seen only i've seen you know all of Eccleston's episodes a long time ago, and I saw one of McCoy's episodes recently. So, we'll we'll uh, we'll see. But four. That's true. So we'll uh, we'll see. Here's the thing, you know, Eccleston was uh, he was the Doctor for one season exactly, and uh, by all accounts, he was not really a huge fan of playing the Doctor. Mm. Uh, he was kind of he was he was he wasn't he wasn't the Doctor we we deserve. He doesn't like dancing. Uh, but we didn't deserve him. He's, he's really good at this, as this character. And I think it's, uh, he, he's, he's great. He's really good. Um, yeah. and he's just, he's and funny. And I also he's got charming. to meet Jack Harkness. Yeah, we did get to meet Jack Harkness, uh, Black Jack Harkness. Um, he had, he had some fun moments. He had some fun moments. I, I, I think we see this episode definitely, uh, is not perfect. It shows its age a little bit in the, uh, the homophobia of it all a little bit. <laughs> Well, I thought the homophobia was more of like a like a gotcha on Rose. It was, well, no, it was the it was it was kind of a gotcha on Rose. I, I kind of think that portraying the 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 bisexual guys like the most horny like super hypersexual man in the universe is is a little bit much. Yeah, um, that's true. and also there was the thing with Nancy and the the old man with the oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was 2005. I, I think we can, I think we can say it was a, a different time. Actually, it's, it was 1941. It's, it's, it's coming up on, you know, in a couple years, this episode will be 20 fucking years old. So that's really messed up to think about. Old enough to die. Old enough to, old enough to die on an episode of Doctor Who, but not this one. Cause just this once. Just this once. Just this once. I'm trying. Well, now I'm trying to think. Have we watched other episodes where nobody dies? Nobody died in uh, Rosa. Technically, uh, I should say that if I remember my episodes correctly, they have a considerable body count. <laughs> That's not and even not in the way that the Doctor is usually. <laughs> not not in the Queen Elizabeth the First kind of way. <laughs> this episode had a a good recap at the start. So I don't think you were, I, I'm assuming you weren't particularly lost in the general vibe. I, I followed it enough. We're, we're in 1941 Britain during the Blitz. Jack Harkness is a con man. There's kids with gas masks fused to their face and scars on their hands. I don't think the scars really came up. It, it no, came it comes, up, but it, it was comes up really... at the, it ex, It's explained at the end. Oh, right, 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 yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. 
And uh, they say that if you touch the gas mask kids, you become like them, which... Right. I, I guess that's... I guess that's true. Yeah. We're in, like, a... Were we in a board... Were we... Were we, like, cutting back and forth between a boarding house and a hospital? I was a little confused at the um, beginning. The doctor, Rose, and Jack are in a hospital. And then the, 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 um, wait. Yes, they're in a hospital. We, we I, I want to say just because it's in the, uh, it's in the, it's in the previously on, and I really liked it. Um, when the doctor and co are all surrounded by the gas mask. They're not kids, they're all adults. There's one, there's a, like, one kid, he's, like, the leader of them. Right, right, right. Uh, I was and then, of course, about that at first. very, uh, very iconically, we, we all, we all will say it a bunch of, uh, uh but they all go, are you my mummy? mummy? Are you my mummy? mummy? It's very mummy. creepy. Uh, and, and, and very much like, oh, I bet, yeah, what was, like, the scariest episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog for you as a child? Uh, I think it was Return the Slab. Yeah, definitely returned the slap for me. And I feel like I bet there's a whole generation of British children who uh, who are now in their, you know, their early <laughs> 20s and and to them are you uh, my mummy is the return the slab of their of their childhood. Anyway, the doctor sends he says he says go to your room. I'm very very angry with you. I'm very cross with you and yeah, all the gas mask people are like, "Oh," and they, they just like down. get in bed. And then and then he says uh I'm so glad that worked. Those would have been terrible last words, and I that's good just joke. really good, great joke. There's a couple good. good uh, did you like the banana joke? Because I thought it was pretty fun. I, I did I, like I, the banana joke. It, it, they, they. Well, we'll we'll talk more about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked it though. Um, anyway, okay, we are. Uh, we let's see. There's a little a little gas mask kid. This is the right. gas. This mask is the kid gas mask find. kid. His name is Jamie. Jamie. There's a. Mm-hmm. He has been told to go to his room, so he's, like, walking down the street alone. There's a woman named Nancy who is, like, watching him walk away, and she's crying. Yeah. She's, like, she looks very young. She's, like, a young woman. Like, uh, I thought she was in her, like, teens. She's I thought she was Amy Pond. I thought she was Amy Pond. Uh, but she is, her name is Nancy, and uh, and we find out later that the the leader of the gas mask crew is is Jamie, her brother. Wink. Um, and then we're back in the, uh, we're in the hospital, so we I like, cut. just knowing, knowing what this whole situation turns out to be later, referring to Jamie as the leader of the gas mask crew is yeah. a hell of a what thing. What it is, he's, he's in charge of them. He's clearly their boss, I don't he's, know. He's, they literally are like, he's literally, right near the end of the episode, the doctor refers to him as like the, the officer. The, the general, The yeah. general, yeah. So... Rose and Jack are looking at all the gas mask people in the hospital beds, uh, and they're like, what's with the gas masks? And the doctor says, oh, those are not masks. That is flesh and bone. That's their face. Um, uh, we, uh, I'm so glad that they do show the transformation in this episode. Cause it's, oh, my it's, God. I thought they weren't going to do it because it happens off screen to one person. And I was like, oh, you, man. You and then see, we see it, and I was like, oh, God. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the empty child because you know we'll watch it eventually but you do see the entire thing happen on screen in the previous episode but in for the most part we just see it like the we see a little bit of it and it's it's awful and i hate so jack harkness the doctor asks him about the con that he was trying to pull that apparently failed last episode uh what was it supposed to be and he explains you find he calls it a self-cleaning scam you find some space junk doesn't matter what it is you wait until a quote-unquote time agent tracks it back to Earth. I don't know, don't know what, what that time- means. Yeah, I have no idea what a time agent is. 
Maybe maybe it's like Time Squad if you ever watch Time Squad. Yeah. Where it's like it's like it's it's our job to like clean things up around space like Surely if, at some point in our time watching this show there will be a time agent. Well, there's one right here. It's Jack Harkness apparently. No, he's not a time agent. Though. A former. He's a former, former time, time agent. agent. Yeah. But you so you you wait until a time agent, which I again, I assume is just someone who's supposed to like clean up time fuckery, uh tracks it back to earth. You tell him it's super valuable. You give him a price. You you say I'm going to take 50% up front. And then the idea is that you say, okay, we will pick it up on this day in this location. And then you wink internally, knowing that you've given them a time and place where it's going to get blown up by a bomb falling or he gives he Pompeii yeah, as an example. He says, it's a, he says Pompeii if you wanted to make a vacation of it, which is very, very good. I, I love that. It's a very um, conceptually funny I, – I will say – I would think a time agent, if their job is indeed to make sure that that everything is normal in the timeline, would probably know when Pompeii happens <laughs> and where, which is that it's in Pompeii. Oh, but then he says the last step is you you buy the time agent a drink with their own money, and you just go to the bar and talk about how life sucks, and then you leave. <laughs> I like Jack in this episode. He's, and they, he's... they never know that the thing that they paid for was worthless junk. Yeah, and uh, so so... What he has sent to to Earth, and I guess we must know this in the in the, in just from context, is that like there's some like space junk in a in a train yard that they know is going to get bombed. Like they know a bomb is going to fall. Right, on. that was his plan. Was the time agent was going to pay for it, and then he would be like, "Okay, pick it up from this train yard," <laughs> knowing that it's going to get blown ah, up. Ah, geez, the Germans got it. Dang. Oh it. man. Well, I probably shouldn't have left it there. Oh well. Uh, Let's go a- get a drink. An air raid siren begins to go off, which the doctor thinks is all clear, and I don't know why he thinks that, because... No, 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 it was, uh, I thought it was Jack that said it was an all clear. Maybe. If someone gets, uh... Someone, someone says it was an all, I mean, there, there is an all clear, I just don't know what it is, so <laughs> I can't, I can't comment. Back with, uh, uh Nancy, the, the young d- uh, lady. Did you mention yeah. that, uh, they say that the, the space junk in question was a burnt-out medical transporter, is what right. Jack Harkness says. Uh, the doctor says that... Whatever he had must have done this, but he's like, it was empty. It's empty, yeah. There's, there's nothing in it. It was not by. And fault. also, I I set it to land somewhere that nobody was, so like there shouldn't be any problem. I had nothing to do with this. He insists. Yeah, he lies. Um, well, he's he's he, wrong. I think he he's thinks wrong. he's right, but he's not. I think he probably. I feel like if we were inside the head of of uh, Jack Harkness, uh, we would think. He probably realizes that he is the cause of this, but he doesn't know why, so he's just going to insist that it's not his eh, fault. No way, no way. I, I didn't do no anything. Way. Everybody knows that that during the Blitz, the, uh, London got uh, assailed by the gas mask crew. Uh, this is definitely not my fault for being bringing some foreign space junk to the exactly. To so, so Nancy is like looking around this house that she's in. And she gets jump scared by a little boy in a gas mask. And she's like, <gasps> but then the boy takes it off and says, hey, you like more gas mask? Gun, so Nancy is like, Nancy's like some kind of Fagan-esque figure. She's like a, a I know you ain't my mommy. She's like a, uh, she's like a, an urchin, older urchin girl taking care of the younger urchins. I think she's like burglarizing houses or something. Yeah, I think that this was the kid who lives in this house catching her stealing from them or something like that. Because he like uh-huh. calls his dad in 
and the the parents like grab her and they and he's they like drag her inside. I was kind of confused at this part, but it makes enough right. sense. Right. It makes more sense we, now. Next um, time we see her. Back in the hospital with the doctor and Jack and Rose uh and Jack they, calls him Spock, which is a reference. Oh, also, uh, yeah, it's a reference to Kyle X Y. I'm pretty sure. Uh, also, <laughs> I should say Jack Harkness is American, and we know he's he's played by uh, John Barrowman, famous for playing Jack Harkness in Doctor Who, among other things, probably. Um, and you could tell he's American because he does. <laughs> he's not like, hey, Doctor, you gotta watch out for the goyles over there, which is kind of also how famous left. for getting his penis out, apparently. He'd love to get his penis out, apparently. It was a joke, he says. What are you talking about? Oh, are you not aware of this? Did, did he, like, do a... Did he do a horrible crime? Did he get his <sighs> penis out? So, apparently, this was a thing that, like... He just... He was a he was a guy who would get his penis out as a joke. I... I it's very funny to... It's, it's, it's a beloved comedy bit to get your penis he, out. He has said that he understands now that it was inappropriate and he wouldn't do it now. But apparently there's just like a million stories uh, on the set of Doctor Who of, of John Barrowman just like getting his dick out and being like, Ah, that's my penis. Ah, I'm just kidding. So funny. And then he puts his dick away. So, so funny. So. So funny. So funny. If I if I have to know that, we all have to know that. Thanks for telling me that. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, it, no, it's not. But it's not funny. But like, why would you do that? He he said it. He said it was just a bit of body humor. <laughs> Where's the joke though? <laughs> ah, there it ah, is. There's my penis. There it, there it is. Anyways, uh, we uh, we let's see. They they are uh, running through the hospital. Oh, hey, I think I told you about this. A couple weeks ago, and this is the episode that it comes up in, mm. um, Jack takes out his sonic blaster, um, and uh, I think the doctor wants to find out, like, what kind of tech Jack when has. When did you mention this? I mentioned it, well, he, I, I, I mentioned about uh, the doctor destroy, destroying a sonic something factory. I don't remember that. Um, Jack is like, oh, this is my sonic blaster, it's from the... Uh, it's from what is it? Fifty first century, century villain guard, and he says, "Oh yeah, I've been to, I've been to that weapons factory once." And then and Jack Jack's is like, is, yeah. "Well, I hope you enjoyed it while it was there because it, it it's destroyed now." And the doctor says, "He's like, oh, I know. There's a banana grove there now. I like bananas. Bananas are good." Which I like that because it's like, yeah, it's the random like, haha, bananas are funny. But I liked also that it was like... You should also... You lift out the line. He says, I've been there once. And then Jack says, well, it got blown up. And he said, like I said, once. There's yeah, a banana yeah. grove there now. Blah, blah, but blah. I, it's, I, like, I like the way that he says it where it's like, bananas are good. And he like puts the emphasis on like... Good. Bananas are good. They're so not it's weapons. Like, they're not weapons. I, I, I think it's better that there is a banana grove there now. Because as so we I think know, that, there's yeah. never, ever been any banana-related violence... No one's ever thrown a banana peel in front of Mario and caused him to careen into the... Right, that's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I couldn't tell if that's what you were going for. Um, Yeah, I was talking about Mario Kart. Rose uh, compliments Jack's gun on making a big square hole in the door that they're trying to get through. There's a bit, ongoing bit in this episode that Jack's gun is like... It's like loaded with special features and he keeps showing them off to Rose. Like, hey, look, mine can make a square hole. 
Mike yeah, can do all this. <laughs> it's like he's doing like a like an infomercial for the gun that he's using. He's like, <laughs> and uh, you know, Rose, isn't it really nice? You ever want a square hole in the door? Well, we got the square feature. Oh, oh my wow, god! That's... Now that is amazing. You just cut a perfect square in the door. <laughs> She's doing like ra- he's doing like rainbow sponge lady. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! So they they go through the square hole in the big metal door and they see that everything in this room is all smashed up. There's there's like an observation room, but the window is broken open. And it's like a child's a child's bedroom and it's covered in children's drawings of presumably the mummy in question. I I um, do I hate to I hate to nitpick this, but mm. these are clearly all drawn by different children. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Ask, they're going to make like force one child to draw a hundred mummies. I think, I think maybe three or four would have done it and then they could just make copies, but this is fine. Uh, It's not a big deal. Draw more mummies. uh, I'm so so, tired. I want to go home. So (laughs) this is a part that I remember so clearly. From my so from they, my youth of watching this episode, uh, the doctor where... presses play on this recording on this tape, and we hear the child is like the the whoever was like observing the child is like, do you uh, know where doctor, you are? Doctor, doctor, something. We meet we meet this guy. In oh, this is this is this the doctor Constantine? No, the, we we know the doctor. He's he's not the one. Yes, Doctor Constantine is uh, Constantine. Is, they say which Constantine. I didn't like. Yeah, I didn't like that either. But yeah, Doctor Constantine, I guess, is the doctor at this hospital, and he's been like investigating question mark this child and he's like mm-hmm. asking all these questions and of course the child says the child says says we I, I always thought the child says one thing which is are you my mommy but he actually says a lot of things in this episode he says a few things the, yeah. the doctor's like do you know where you are he says are you my mommy the doctor says are you aware of what's around you he says i want my mommy uh and rose says that she's heard this voice before which I assume Um, happened in the previous episode. We go back to Nancy, who will learn who she is pretty soon. But uh, the grumpy dad of the house, Mr. Lloyd, says that the police are on their way. Uh, I I think it's implied that she was, like, stealing food from their house. Yeah, she's like like stealing food to bring it to her own gang of... Right, right, right. Kiddos, but then he's yeah. he's 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 like sarcastically like, "Oh, is there anything else you want from my house while you're at it?" And she's like, "Yeah, how about how about some wire cutters and a flashlight and another look through your pantry while I'm at it because you're gay. You're having sex with a man, and here's how I know it. Everyone so knows I- that your family has the most food on the street, and people think that your wife is fucking the butcher." But you're fucking the butcher, aren't oh you? And he's like, God. Uh, 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 take whatever you want. This is such a, this is such a, it's very funny to me. This is such a Stephen Moffat kind of thing. We're in an episode where Jack Harkness like smugly looks at the camera and he says, I have sex with men. That there's another moment in the same episode where a character points at a guy and angrily says, you have sex with men. I'm sorry. Take so, all my food, please. So Stephen Moffat of you, Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's he's just like okay, do whatever you want. I just don't, please don't tell anyone. Uh, so the doctor is listening to this tape and he's like pacing. He says something about it's coming out of the walls. They're like they're like I don't know what you mean. And he's like, God damn it, you fucking humans, you stupid idiot humans, you suck. And then 
Sam, I have I like a the... good joke for you uh, that I just came up with right now. Okay. Uh, what is Nancy from the hit episode Empty Child and the Doctor Dances? What is Nancy's favorite studio album by singer-songwriter Fiona Apple? Uh, something, Bolt Cutters, something. What fetch is it? The bolt, fetch the Bolt Cutters. That's the joke. That's it. That's all. Okay. No, she has wire cutters, but yeah, that's fine. Well... Oh, yeah, so they were wired. Damn I've it. never oh. listened to Fiona Apple. I'm sorry. I haven't listened to Fiona Apple either. I just know she has an <laughs> album called... Right. I just know that she has an album called Fetch the Bolt Cutters. That's all. Okay. We, we, we Fiona good? Apple. Her, fa- her, favorite, his, her favorite Fiona Apple album, Fetch Wire the... Cutters and Flashlight and You're Gay. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Is it called The Torch? Um, where oh, God, can... I'm sorry. I wrote down Flashlight because I'm normal. Yeah. <laughs> She's not... We're not British. We're normal. It's like what they said about Mario. So, <laughs> so uh, the doctor starts like insulting their puny human brains. I and fucking I like love this Rose, part. This was so funny, and she I just love like it. turns to Jack and is like, "He likes to insult other species when he's stressed out." And the doctor's like, and she, "She's just like." Also, he cuts himself shaving all the time. Well, no, what she says is like, when he cuts himself shaving, he could, he goes on for like an hour or something. Like he, oh, that's right, what she right, was right, saying. Right, like right, when right. he cuts himself shaving, shaving, he gets so mad that he'll do like a he'll do like a tight. Two-hour racist comedy stand-up that about all that. does not sound tight to me. He, he, he'll, he'll go full Dave Chappelle on all the other species that he that he makes fun of. So I, the doctor this is, is something. Like... This is something that I can totally imagine from Eccleston, and uh, I kind of wish to some degree. Like this is what I love about uh, about Seventh Doctor so much is that he was just kind of like he didn't take anyone's bullshit, and when people were like, when people like. W- it's it's such a fine line. Like if Matt Smith was being, Shut disres- up. yeah. If Shut Matt up. Smith, if when Matt Smith does it, I hate it. But I think it's a matter of presentation. Where it's like, I don't know. I think it's can just I confess about- something? Yeah, I want to see more Matt Smith. <laughs> do you really? I do. I think it's, it's been okay. a while. It's been a, it's been a while. while. I think you know, for better or for worse, he's bringing something to the performance. He is. He is. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. I mean, he was. I liked him in. Uh, I liked him for the most part in uh, in Rebel Flesh. I think it's just I don't like Stephen. Mo- I think I like Matt Smith mostly as a doctor. I just don't like Stephen Moffat as a showrunner, and that's <laughs> okay. Where so all the, the doctor are, he's yeah. starting to put stuff together. He's like, okay, uh, during the air raids, homeless children and war orphans and such would come out into the street looking for food, like like going around like picking over the like train yards and such. The space junk might have landed near one of them. And also, the whole time it. during the scene, by the way, during the whole time that the every once in a while the the tape is still playing, and the kid is going, Mummy, Mummy, are you my mummy? Yeah. And then we, we hear this weird, like, flapping noise from the tape, and we hear the kid go, I'm here. And he, oh, he's so good. He's like, he's like, yeah, the, the kid is scared, it's, but the kid is really powerful. He just doesn't know it yet. Uh, he says, <laughs> he starts laughing. He's like, it's pretty funny when you think about it. It's, it's as powerful as a god, and I just sent it to its room. And we hear we hear the the kid is is on the tape going, I'm here, you can't see me, I'm right here. And Rose is like, What is that weird flapping noise? And the doctor says, Oh, the tape ran out like thirty seconds ago. <laughs> so good. Ooh. Just, the second they start playing the the second they start playing the tape, you you know the punchline that's coming and the the scary whatever the scary version of a punchline is, uh it's so good. And the the kid is here. 
Because that, scare, he sent, I guess, is the scary version. It's not really a jump scare, but he, he's like, well, I sent the kid to his room, and this this is his room. This is its room. And, and there's then, the kid. Yeah, they turn around, and there's Jamie staring at them. Are you my mommy? And this is so fucking good when Jack uh, Jack is like, all right, on my signal, we run. Okay, go! And then he pulls out his he pulls out what he thinks is his sonic blaster, but has been surreptitiously replaced by a banana. <laughs> uh, just to, as a as a as a as a, just an extra little added joke and from the yeah, doctor. The, the doctor uses the gun that he stole and he destroys the door and then they run this is the thing that i was about to say earlier is they do the very dumb stock joke that i i didn't i i don't love the stock joke of no, like good potassium. potassium is a funny word but i did i did like the way that they used it in this, which is that they run and the doctor goes, don't drop that banana. And Jack goes, why not? And he says, it's a good source of potassium. I just think it's so dependent on who is saying it. Cause I just think if, if Matt Smith doctor for once again, I don't hate him. I don't hate Matt Smith doctor. He's doing his own things. But if Matt Smith doctor made this joke, I'd be like, ugh. ugh. But something about Eccleston, he's just got, he's got, he's got a, he's got a little have, something, he's got a little something that I, I just I, I would, I would, I would like remove just a little bit of the potassium stock joke cringe and just slightly tweak it. If he just said, don't drop that banana and Jack says, why not? And he says, I want to eat it later. That, that would have, yeah. that would have been or chef kiss I'm hung- perfect I'm to hungry me. or, Yeah. <laughs> We or like we might <laughs> we could like throw the peel or something. <laughs> he just throws the peel at the at the kid and the kid slips oh, on it. Oh no! <laughs> um, as they're running away, they all get surrounded. The the uh, the the adult are you my mummy? Kids are up and about. They're completely walled in. Um, and uh, and you know what? Do Jack they do? shows off his next feature. Yes. Which is the digital rewind, oh, which this part, removes the big hole in the wall. This is very funny when when the little boy uh, starts punching through the wall and it plays like it plays like video game punch sound oh effects. Oh my god! Yeah, MP3. it does. I forgot about that. I was wondering why you sent me punch sound dot wave earlier. I thought you were threatening me. Um, which is good. We don't see the uh, we don't see what it looks like to see a little boy punching a hole in the wall. <laughs> And then the dad from Resident Evil uh, comes out and he goes, "Better stop running, boy." Uh, so, so okay, we they're yeah, all they, surrounded. They're, sur- by, they're surrounded, and the and, and the gas mask crew does not have guns. So the the trick for when you're surrounded is not going to work this time. <laughs> you cannot just duck and they'll all shoot each other to death. Uh, also, the doctor does mention in the, in the middle of this, by the way, that 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 specific banana is in fact from the groves of Villengard. I don't fucking believe him for a second. There's no fucking way. There's, but why did he have the banana then? What I don't know. He just had one. But why? I don't why know. Did, I think he's telling the truth. I don't do, know. Do the bananas like, of Villengard never ever. Well, he's ever got go his brown. psychic paper, his sonic screwdriver, and he's got his, and his infinite globe. cooler. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, keeps keeps things fresh forever. I don't know. I can't remember uh, what we decided. Oh yeah, uh, Jack is like okay. He's pointing his gun around. He's like, I've got a sonic cannon, sonic blaster. This thing is all kinds of things. What do you? What kind of firepower are you packing, Doctor? And he's like, I've got a sonic thing. It's really yeah. Good. Mine's mine's also sonic. Yeah. He he's says, like, what does what he is- say? Like he says, like I'm all sonicked up. Yeah, I'm all sonicked up. He's like, what is it? Sonic disruptor, sonic blaster, sonic one. He's like a screwdriver. Okay. I I I. Uh, this line is very funny to me personally, and I, and I think it's a hindsight kind of thing because we have, we know that you know 
when you watch every other season of Doctor Who, when the Doctor will just point his sonic screwdriver at a problem and it makes the problem go away. It felt like they had a nice balance in series one of, like, the screwdriver is, like, almost infinite purpose, but... Not really. Because I always thought, like, like he uses it to lock and unlock doors and stuff. Yeah. That's what I always well, thought it did. I thought it was just kind of a, a, a an all-purpose key. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a sci-fi multi-tool, but it, it it's not like a gun, a laser, a flashlight. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, I, I don't, I think my biggest problem is, like, with the Sonic is, is, A, I don't like that it's a scanner. That just doesn't. The scanner do it. sucks. It shouldn't scanner be a sucks. scanner. And and he shouldn't be able to just like point it at a thing and be like, "Okay, I've done it. I've reconfigured the particle beam to uh accept this fre- frequency." Like, I don't know. Well, it's- they did something later. There's actually two things in this episode that I really liked with the sonic screwdriver, and I think I wonder if it might have had a little bit more constraint on it in series 1. That's what I'm than- saying is I think the season 1, the series 1, the sonic was not as much of a deus ex machina machine that i like later and i'll bring up the first one in a minute because it's about to happen but the second one is when he like tosses it to rose and he's like use it to do xyz thing you just have to set it to function 2358d to repair barbed wire right which which gets across the idea that like it's not just that it's a thing that you pointed at something and you push a button and it does whatever you want. It's a thing that does a lot of different things, but the doctor like knows it in and out. Like he's a he's a fucking expert with this thing, and which I, also I think, think it just I works think if it's like a, it and makes like it a little when you better. say the the multi tool thing. I like like it does. I, it shouldn't be able to like make a spaceship turn on. Uh, it shouldn't be able to disarm a sea devil's sword from right. its hand. It should be like it can it can unlock a door. It can it can it can you know it can repair a mend a wire or strip a wire down or cut a wire or something like that. I, I just think it needs to be it needs to be a thing that he he pulls out and you know uses it for for the little things. Yeah, uh, which it will be in a moment. And let's, let's of back we, it up and then. I, so I wanna, what happens here? I want to address one more thing because I can't remember sure. what I called this, which was – I think I called it the Yaz test, which uh, uh, is a little <laughs> bit disrespectful. Uh, but it was uh, – does the companion have any kind of impact on the plot outside of like being a cheerleader for the doctor? And uh, I will I will say that Rose does pass the Yaz test in this episode. Oh, yeah. I thought um, Rose was great this episode. Rose is really good in this episode and, and she uh, she directly saves everyone's lives right here when they're completely surrounded. Jack doesn't know what to do, uh, and Rose grabs his uh, his sonic blaster and shoots a hole in the floor and and drops and then down also and seals it up as, after they fall. There you go. She saved the day. Good job, Rose. Uh, right as Jamie breaks through the wall, which looks really funny. It's uh, very funny. Also, somewhere in here, the Doctor explains uh, that the creature that they're dealing with is all of the gas masks. Yeah, it's people. like a hive mind kind of yeah. thing. Uh, so yeah, they land on this next floor, and the the doctor and Jack are like bickering about whether his <laughs> sonic screwdriver is useful. He talks about putting up shelves. Yeah, I really I really like that where, where Jack is like, "Oh my god, why do you have a sonic screwdriver?" Whoever looked at a screwdriver and said, "Oh, that should be sonic," and the doctor's like, "I don't know. Haven't you ever needed to put up shelves?" <laughs> like this is what I'm saying. I could totally imagine the doctor just being like okay hold on i need to put up these shelves <laughs> yeah pointing a screwdriver uh, so, at it. so rose like turns on the lights uh and uh-oh a bunch of people in gas masks get out of the beds in the room and start following them they they run into this next room the doctor locks the door behind them 
but uh-oh, 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 many uh-ohs. Jack's gun's battery is running out, and he says he, he doesn't have an extra because someone blew up the factory before he could <laughs> get is, one. But I also think there's a, like, yeah, of course they've ran out of battery. He's got all these special features, like it's it's draining the the battery life of his, his gun. Um, they, they Rose do- also says... Uh, Oh yeah, he loves blowing stuff up. He blew up my job when we met for the first <laughs> time, which I don't remember that. I have no memory of... I actually, like, I'm thinking back, the only companion who I remember how they get caught up in the Doctor stuff is Amy Pond mm-hmm. with the with the imaginary friend business. But that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how any of these people got, got brought into his... The uh, only thing that I remember from the first episode of Series 1 is the trash bin... With a big sloppy uh, putty patrol guy no grabbing Mickey of out of it, I just didn't even remember. Was Mickey in the the next time on? Uh, if he was, I didn't notice him. I I can't remember. I always forget that Mickey's from Rose's season and not. I mean, I still don't know where he yeah. is because it seems like he comes back from a long absence in Army of the Dead. Anyway, Who can okay. say? Anyway, so uh, they're yeah. locked in this room, uh, and Jack just sits down. And he's like very smug about this. He's like, I there's no, I have nothing that I can contribute at this point. So good luck. And the doctor, I can't remember if it's here or maybe in a little bit, but he starts using the sonic screwdriver on he's the to, like, like bars on the windows. Which, and Rose which... is like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm just kind of vibrating the concrete a little and seeing if it might loosen the bars at all." And and also, Jack does mention they're on the seventh floor and it's a sheer drop. So even if he does do this, which he's he's having trouble even getting it to work, which once again, sorry, right? Wait, this is what I like. Like if this was if this was thirteenth Doctor, she points the sonic screwdriver at the bars and they just fall, fall off. Fall off, yeah, exactly. It's like this thing doesn't do everything. It's just let me set it to disarm, like I used on the Sea Devil. <laughs> uh, uh, we have a we get a little like so. So there's a thing I don't really like about this episode, which is this kind of weird Jack rose doctor like uh, love triangle kind of thing going on i did have to say and i i said this to lauren and i was like jordan's not going to be happy with this i'm i am never a shipper and i will never be a shipper but from this one episode i was like i can see why people ship rose and the doctor they got good chemistry they do have good chemistry but having good chemistry does not mean you should kiss each other no, I mean I don't I don't think they should kiss each other personally. No. But I I can I could see why people would want them to. But like the doctor's like kind of jealous of 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 the sort of rapport that Jack and Rose have. We find yeah, out you that- know, he's like he's like a handsome scoundrel. It sounds like he like saved her life last yeah, episode. And they were like dancing. There's a whole thing about I mean the, the episode's called The Doctor Dances and the reason he's like, "Oh, we danced to fucking Moonlight Serenade on top of a barrage balloon." Something like that. Uh, whatever. And then, but then Rose and the Doctor look away for a second, and they look back, and Jack has vanished from the chair, <laughs> just gone. We're back with Nancy, and this is where we meet. And this is where I go. Oh, the this explanation is when we get it for why he disappeared is so so underwhelming. <laughs> I know it's very funny. You're like, what? Uh, I mean, he might he might as well have just said, "I'm going to disappear from this room now." <laughs> Uh, we, we, uh, they're in a shed, Nancy's in a shed with her, her gaggle of homeless children. I don't know if this is right, but I wrote down that this is Mr. Lloyd's shed. I don't know about that. They're in a, they're in a shed. They're in a shed. And yeah, all the homeless children are here and she, she's like disappointed them. She's like, I said a different house every night. 
Uh, and there's there's one like suck up older boy whose name is Ernie. They're they're all like, oh, I thought you died, and and Ernie's like, I didn't think you died in it, Governor. And then there's this one boy. He's like. I've got a typewriter. I'm typing a letter to me dad. And then they're like, you can't read. Ha 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 ha. You stupid bastard. Uh, and Nancy says, shut up. Uh, shut up. But then she, she's like, I'm sorry, Jim. Keep writing. I'm sorry. Uh, so she she's like, what would, what would you have done if I died and I never came back for you? And Ernie just changes the subject. He's like, why do you have wire cutters? Are you planning on going somewhere and dying? And she's like, maybe. <laughs> I might, I might die. Doesn't she say like, all right, well, when I leave and die, don't forget to eat your greens and chew your food. Chew your food, Ernie. Uh, Yeah. So she says, I have to go back to the bomb site at the rail station. Uh, And Ernie's like, but you can't. He'll kill you. He always comes for us. And Nancy says, "Uh uh-uh, he comes for me. And of course, we we know that they're talking about Jamie, the little boy with the gas mask. The leader of the gas mask crew. (laughs) I'm the leader. I'm the leader of the gas mask. Hey, it's boys. a nice. It's, hey, mummy, that's a nice. Uh, that's a nice game of kids you got there. It'd be a shame if something would happen to it, isn't it? So she she says like he's he's coming for me. As long as I'm here, you're all gonna be in danger. And Ernie's like, that's not true. You always keep us safe, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy's like, oh really? Then tell me why the typewriter is still typing even though Jim's not there anymore. <laughs> and Jim like. <laughs> Jim, who's, like, sitting with Ernie, like, looks over at it and is like, oh, that's interesting. I was just imagining, like, uh, Paul Chowdhury voice, just, like, automatic typewriter, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so she leaves, and Ernie picks up the paper the paper from the typewriter, and you know that it says, mummy, mummy, mummy. Mummy, 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 It says, all work and no play makes mummy a mummy, mummy, mummy. Uh... Rose is, is, is uh, we're back with Rose and the doctor. Uh, the doctor is still working on those bards. It's not working very well. Uh, uh, Jack calls in. He just teleported to his ship. He literally just he pushed went. like a button on his watch and teleported to his ship. <laughs> and he's just like, yep. Oh, by the way, my ship has Omcom, which is when I can talk through anything with a speaker grill. And that's how I'm talking to you right now through this radio. There's a radio. Yeah, and the doctor suspects that that is the same thing that the child can do. Uh, there's also a line here before he contacts them where Rose says, Why do all the great-looking men always vanish? So I'm assuming that's a callback to something that happened before. Yeah, she, uh, you know, there's... Maybe uh, that's something to do with Mickey's fate. It's, it's when she meets, uh, it's when she met the face of Bo, and she's like, fuck, that dude's hot. Fuck, the face of Bo is so hot. But then and the then face of Bo pushed a button on his face watch. <laughs> on his vanished. neck watch. He said, I'm going to new, 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 new York. Goodbye. <laughs> so then the child's voice comes through the speaker and says, I can hear you, mummy. I'm coming to find you, mummy. And Jack, Jack from his ship is just like, shut up. It just overrides the child's voice he to like play Moonlight, Moonlight Serenade, Serenade on the on the radio. And Rose is like, oh, this is our song, which is pretty intense considering they must they have met, met like, like earlier an hour today. Ago. <laughs> yeah, it's our song. It's our song. Yeah, is that is that why Jack at the end of the episode is just like goodbye? <laughs> Sorry, Rose, you're too clingy. It was See nice ya. meeting you, you weirdo. Uh, Nancy, Way too intense. Nancy uh, is is at the bomb site and cutting through the barbed wire with her her bolt or wire cutters. Uh, that's that. 
that's that. There's yeah, a bunch I was, of British I, I will there. say at this point, because I was unclear what they were talking about with the bomb site, what they are referring to... It's the place where the bomb... No. Will... Hmm? Yes and no. It's refer... Because Jack Harkness knows it as a bomb site because he was planning on the junk getting bombed there, but to everyone in the present day, by which a I mean 1941... did fall there. It's the space junk fell, hit the ground... I, I don't know the co- the circumstances of that happening, but it hit the ground, and because they are like, what the hell is this thing, we will find out later that the, the British military basically think that it's like a, a Nazi weird weapon. sci-fi bomb that Hitler sent. And, and didn't, I don't think, did the, did the space junk land on Jamie, or did a bomb nearby i think that what we will find out later is that the space junk landed on jamie or or like near near enough to jamie that it fucking killed him yeah okay i'm assuming Uh, it splattered him (laughs) he got pasted it was he got absolutely pasted it was pretty fucking cool let's be real i can't Um, wait to see that episode it's gonna be hilarious it's gonna be the first episode where you see a little boy turn to goo rick and morty style fuck that'd be so funny um that'd be awesome so uh, the uh the the uh doctor the doctor is this is where he's trying to loosen the bars because he's like there's no way that jack is coming back for us i like that rose rose is like he saved my life so i trust him bloke wise that's up there with flossing it's a good joke it's pretty funny can you set your bar a little bit higher rose and then the doctor looks at the title of the episode and says i dance you want a bloke who flosses (laughs) fuck you she says, uh, he says, he says, I dance. And then she says, not a chance. <laughs> it's the other way around. <laughs> I do dance. I know you can't. Yes, a chance. <laughs> uh, he, he's like about to start dancing with the, her. The, the, Wait, the prompt no. for this dancing conversation is that she's like, yeah, you when know, we you and that. Jack are not that different, but... You're really different when it comes to dating and dancing. And he's like, when he says something like, he's like, I'm 900 years old. I'm sure I've danced at some point. He doesn't remember, but he, he knows. And this is interesting as well, because he doesn't, I guess it's like lost in his mind and the expanses of his Etern- very long memory. Yeah, he's like, I'm, there's no way I've never danced. I and feel like I would know if I'd never danced. Not that I'm just going to sit here and be like, here's why episodes are so much better. Because I'm sure that there are some weaknesses in them. But I, what I like is that, like, yeah, he's lived so many lifetimes. He doesn't remember everything as opposed to, like, oh, I'm Banksy. And also, I did all of these things. Except there was a joke this week about the doctor being Santa Claus. Right. Very Secret Life of the American Teenager Christmas very, episode in that way. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he. He makes some comment about like, oh my god, Rose, the barrage balloon thing. Like, like I've he, I've like, met some fuckers in my time, and no one has ever put themselves in jeopardy as regularly as you. And he like he grabs her hands to start to dance, and then he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were hanging from the barrage balloon for how long? She's like a couple minutes before Jack saved me. She, she's like, wait, well, why are your hands like completely? You're you are entirely unscathed. That yeah. seems weird. Uh, she says, oh, Cap- Captain Jack fixed me up. And he's like, there's no way that guy is a captain of anything. Uh, and then Let's I dance. like this. They like, they dance for like a split second. And then they look up and realize that they're on Jack's ship. And he's like, oh, I, I, I managed to override. Oh, I don't think we explained this. 
he was able to teleport onto his ship with the like emergency teleporter, but it's like configured to only work on his like right. bio so he's signature gotta, or he's whatever. He's got to fix it up. So so yeah, he like overrode it and teleported them yeah. out. So to summarize, they they go to start dancing. They look up. They're on this like weird clanky sci-fi ship. Rose is like, well, where are we? And then Jack is like, well, at least you know when are we? We almost. We almost could have made it through this episode without you doing that. Well, it wouldn't be an episode of Dr. Ha if I didn't make that joke. I guess it wouldn't. Uh, so the doctor says, oh, this is, a, this is a stolen Chula ship, and the medical transporter is a Chula medical transporter. I don't know if that's supposed to mean anything to us, but there it is. I think it's, uh, just, I think it's just to help us connect the fact that the technology on the thing that crashed to Earth is similar to the technology... On the ship that Jack Harkness owns. I oh, think yes, is which is very important because of what is about to happen here, which is he's like, oh, if this is a Chula ship, and he, like, snaps his fingers, and, like, a cloud of, they kind of look like little fireflies. It's, just like, uh, I believe it is, uh, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I can be so bold as to say that it's, uh, uh, it is, it is, uh, uh-huh. let me just make yeah. sure I'm getting there. Yeah, no, no, take your time. No, 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 I'm just making sure I got the right, uh, the right, yes, okay, um, I believe this is Gold Dust from the movie Thomas and the Magic Railroad, <laughs> starring Pierce Brosnan. Okay, that means absolutely fucking nothing. It'll to mean me. something to somebody, probably. <laughs> okay. No, it wasn't Pierce Brosnan. It was Alec Baldwin. Okay, the other Pierce convicted Brosnan. convicted murderer Al- Alec Baldwin. I don't think he's a convicted murderer. I think he killed a person with a gun. He did kill a person, but I don't <laughs> believe that he was convicted of murder. Ah, uh, well. Uh, you can't, you love doing this. You love to say that people have been convicted of crimes that they haven't. That is, I that is literally Bible. slander. I love committing crime. I love to commit, you know, I, it's not convicted every day. Convicted slanderer, say, Jordan. It's not every day you can actually commit a crime on your podcast, but, uh, but I do like to, to make false charges and, and slander people on my, my, uh, published media space. It is, uh, it is literally libel. Uh, anyways, uh, so the doctor, uh, the doctor snaps his fingers. The gold dust from Thomas and the Magic Railroad appears and, uh, and like flies around his hands and he goes, ah, nano genes. These are nano genes. Yeah, and Rose says, oh, those are the things that fixed me up after I was hurt. Uh, nano genes, yeah, the- son! <laughs> he says that what these are for is if the ship gets like damaged in combat or whatever and you get hurt. Then they can like flutter around you. Yeah, and they're, fix like you little, up and they're like little. They're like little. I think, man, I think he says machines. they can fix the ship too. Yeah. They're just like little nanobots that do repairs. Helpful and little nanobots. Little little nanobots. Uh, so he says, "Okay, Jack, take us to the old bomb site." And we cut there, and Nancy is sneaking around. She, she sees finds the a big tarp. She sees the yeah the the tarpeter over the uh, whatever. And she crash pulls it there. off, and there's a big tentacle in it, just like in the Beast Below hit episode, <laughs> Doctor Huh. Uh, and and this and she gets caught by some soldiers and they're like freeze hey and there's actually no doing? tentacle that was a joke that was a joke uh, it's like a big tin can so Jack I think somewhere in here he I think it's here that he's like oh I heard you say that I'm not a captain but I actually am I was a former time agent myself uh, he says he says I don't con time agents for the money I do it because I one day I woke up and realized. That the time agents that I worked for stole two years of my memories. 
and I have no idea what I did for two years. So I'm, I'm Jack Harkness to... has such a such a, a a a large amount of backstory, and I care about so little of it. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> I think it's really. I mean, he is the face of Bo. I learned from Wikipedia, but uh, it's it's so interesting. Is though. he though? Is he though? I don't think so. But I I like that. He he says something where he's like, "Oh, doctor, you're you might be right not to trust me because I have no idea who I was for the last two years of my life." And I think that's an interesting concept. That is an interesting concept. Not original. I just feel like this guy. I just feel like this guy has like one hundred. I think there's a problem. I have a problem in media uh, when a character just has too many things going on at once. So it's like he's a he's a he's a con man he's a time traveler he's a he's he's a he's a former time agent he's got amnesia um there's a couple other things about him that we learn later he's probably the face of Bo. we don't know he's also <laughs> on, on torchwood like i don't know what the fuck's going on with him there yeah like, I, w- I was gonna say i i i don't feel so far like it's too much but yeah i'm, I'm sure that you know more more than i do mm-hmm. um there's a there's at least one other thing that you don't know about Jack Harkness that might, maybe when you learn that I would like, hope oh, there's okay. more than one thing that I don't know about him. But well, there's like one major thing about his character that you will learn. If you learn, yeah. you'll go, oh my god, that's <laughs> there's too much going on with this guy. Uh, so he, I, I I will say I don't understand how conning former conning time agents is going to ever end up with him getting his memories back. Right, but he seems to think that it will. Uh, we go back to Nancy, who is led into this, like, army station, and they, like, handcuff her to a table, and there's this guard, Jenkins, who is gonna be watching her, and he's and coughing notices... up a, he's coughing up a gas, well, sure, first she sees the scar on the back he's of his got hand. A, he's got a distinctive scar on his hand. Where have we seen that, that looks before? awfully familiar f- and he's, from, he's, uh, the previously on. He's bent over, like, coughing and hacking and... Hacking up a gas mask filter, it's no good. And um, she explains why she's here. She's like, my little brother died here, I, I need to know what ha- happened to him. Uh, and I love this little moment here where the captain is like, Jenkins, keep an eye on her. And he goes, yes, mommy. That's, yeah, that was, that was a lot. Um, it's great, I loved it. And he, I, see, he's like is, sweating, is, uh, he's like, what's is, happening to me? This taps into that most primal of childhood fears of uh, what you accidentally, <laughs> accidentally call calling your captain your mummy. Captain mummy, yeah. Captain mummy, sir. Uh, so, they they leave her alone with Jenkins, and she's like, Jenkins, please, you have to let me go. I know what's going to happen to you. It's too late for you. You're going to lose yourself in a minute. Uh, it's And if you don't let me go now, it's going to happen to me too. We're both going to become monsters. And I like this little detail here where she's like, do you remember your mom's name? And he's like, of course, Matilda. Mummy. Mummy. And and she's like, do you have kids? Do you remember your name? And he's like, uh, the only, the only, the only thing, thing he remembers he is his mom. I, that's such a, that's such a weird, creepy detail of the transformation. I love it. It also, unfortunately, made me think about a certain fan fiction that we read, um, on our previous podcast <laughs> about forgetting your own child's well, that's, name. That's, that's nobody's business, not even mine. Uh, <laughs> And then we cut away as we hear, like, a nasty noise, and I'm like, oh, he's getting oh, gas masked, and we're God not going we to see it. Thank God we but, don't get to see it this week, but huh? we will get to see we it. We do get to see it later. Um, uh, let's see. We – oh, yeah. Do- doctor, the Doctor and Rose and, and Jack are, are are coming up on the train yard, uh, and this is when uh, we get we get a little extra uh, uh, thing with Jack Harkness. He says, oh, hey um, – 
Algy is the captain on duty. Um, Algernon, perhaps? Yeah, probably Algernon. Or and maybe Rose is like Rose is like, do you need me, a, a, a young lady, to distract him? And then Jack's like, nah, you're not his type. I got this. And that, and I think on the surface, like, like once again, I don't think it's a bad thing that Jack Harkness is bisexual. I think that's a cool thing about Jack Harkness. But it's it's the fact that, like, there's a line later where the doctor's like, yeah, he's a 51st century man. He'll no, no, it's, it's literally right here. Because Jack fuck walks anything that off. Moves. Jack walks off and Rose is like, well, I never. And uh, the doctor is like, hey, he's a 51st century guy. They're more flexible than people your time when it comes to <clears throat> dancing. And he says something that implies, he's like, you know, once humanity goes out into space and, and meets all these other alien races, well, you know... So many species, so little time. And Rose is really, like, upset to learn that humans are going to suck and fuck their way across the galaxy someday. This is so funny because the last classic Who episode we watched was set in the 30th century, I think. And the, and Tom Baker Doctor is like, ah, oh, yes, this is during the time of the great scattering oh, of humanity. No, no, this is interesting, actually. Is that the 50th Now that you mentioned it, it was the 51st century. He's like, Leela... This is when humans were leapfrogging from planet to planet, sucking and fucking everything they came across, including uh, <laughs> some kind of hive mind alien. <laughs> Especially the face of Bo. Sexual contact has been made. <laughs> genital. Patreon.com slash Bonnie Rose. So Rose, she's like, look, I can accept humans having sex with aliens. What I, I cannot, cannot accept, accept is humans having sex with men having sex with other men. It's, it's I Jack Harkness being this. bi. It's I guess, I, I guess she's just upset. I mean, he she knows that he's she knows that he's at least attracted to her, right? Like, is it a problem that he's also attracted to men? Is that no good for her, or is is she? Is, There's a lot of people who feel that way. I guess so. Yeah, Rose is biphobic. Rose is biphobic. Unfortunately, cancel Rose. Uh, I'm sure she'll stop being biphobic uh, at the end of Army of Ghosts Part 2 when she this dies. This is how I died. And right I am no she longer biphobic. She gets crushed by And then by it's like, oh, it's a metaphorical truck. death because it's like, if Rose isn't biphobic, is she truly Rose anymore? I was just thinking moments before she gets hit by the ambulance, she's like, I'm no longer <laughs> biphobic. So Jack runs up to this guy, Algy, who's like the, the like officer on duty or whatever, and he's like... Uh, he's like, oh, oh, how's it going? And Algie just turns and looks at him and goes, Mommy? Are you my mommy? Jack's like, oh, shit. And this is when uh -oh. we do get to see... We do yeah, get he, to like, see Yeah, he, like, falls it. to his knees, his mouth opens, and, like, the gas mask... Filter. Whatever the fuck canister circular part it's thing, horrible. whatever that is. It's so horrible to watch. Comes I hate out it. His, mouth. I his it. eyes, like, swell up into big black goggles. It's great. I think it's the, the touch it actually, of the, I, it also did not look that bad for series no, one is, Doctor Who. This is, I thought it looked okay. I think this episode looks pretty good. I think I think because so much of this episode is practical, it's just people in gas masks. I think this is one of the best looking episodes of Doctor Who we've actually seen. It would be really funny period. though if they took them into makeup and like they were like, well, they're not right. actually gas masks, so we should just apply like a prosthetic gas mask to yeah. your face instead of just putting a gas mask on you. Um, but yes, I think the I think it's a stroke of genoise. That the, uh, that What's the that mean? stroke of genoise that, um, is that, is that a cake? A stroke of genu, gen, genus 
that uh the the mouth opens up and the, the gas mask filter i think is what it's called comes the out the filter it's, probably if uh, i played i played right. the metro series and i think it's called the filter in that one i played a little bit of the first metro game and what? it was too hard i like them I got. I, I liked it too. I got to the part where you have to escort a little boy through the sewers, and I was like, "Oh, you combined the two worst things that you can do in a video game." <laughs> Metro Exodus is kind of like if Fallout Four was was like a good game. It's like if Fallout Four stopped being an RPG and just focused on being a good shooter, and that's kind of mm-hmm. how I thought about it. So um, okay, uh, yes. he turns into a, a gas mask man. The doctor says, uh, "Oh fuck." The 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 virus, whatever it is, it must be airborne now because there's nobody, nobody around who, yeah. who would have infected him. He's, he guesses that we've got about three hours at this rate until the entire human race is infected all over the planet, Not which great. is a pretty dire projection. You really, you really blew it this time, Jack. We, uh, I wrote that we hear singing. Were they yeah, singing you hear, you hear Nancy particular? singing Rockabye Baby. Right, this right, is, right, right, right. This is how she... she, uh, she pacifies jenkins gas mask boy which is um, so good yeah it's i i it's, like that i like that we got like a follow-up to the go to your room thing it's creepy she, though it's like extra creepy oh yeah because this is a grown man with a gas mask who is like asleep as she sings rockabye baby to him very creepy uh yeah the doctor like peeks in and sees what's going on and she's like I'm look wait and this is where he unlocks her handcuffs with the sonic screwdriver this is what i'm talking about this 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 is what it should do this is all it should do it should it should just be like a, a lock pick it should just literally yes and, I and you know should... maybe someday they'll use it as a screwdriver to put put up some shelves it should it should be able to open and close doors and basically that's all it can do and uh, and and uh, and I like that. Uh, this is when we finally see uh, the object in question, which is referred to as a space ambulance, but it, it's like a uh, a big can. It's like a big can. It's like a big giant metal canister that fell from the sky. And the reason that the army are stationed here is because they assume that it's like some kind of Nazi tech that they're trying to get open. Uh, so Jack is like here. I'll open it. I will show you. It's empty. It, there was never anything in it. It's not my fault. And he starts. He starts to like punch in the the key, the the password on the keypad to open it up, and an alarm starts going off, which the doctor says uh, is probably since it has crash landed, it's now activated some kind of security protocols that weren't on before. And uh, we then, as the alarm goes off, we do this ridiculous like camera swinging left and right sort of like snap zoom on jamie in the gas mask and it's very intense all the gas mask people start to wake up and walk what do we call them the gas mask gang the gas mask crew the gangers the gangers (laughs) sure why not (laughs) this is where uh so gas mask gangers are like banging on the gates and like trying to get into the train yard so the doctor's like jack go secure those gates Rose, Nancy, barbed go. wire setting. Yeah, he's like Nancy. Take Rose to the barbed wire. You cut, and yeah, he tells her how what setting to put the screwdriver on to fix the barbed wire, which is a great little detail. And she she like seals up the barbed wire. This is a a, a fun little moment because yeah, like Nancy this. Nancy's like, who are you people anyway? And she's she's like, I I've seen so much shit today. Like, there's nothing I wouldn't believe at this point. She says we're time travelers, and she's like what 
and then she oh yeah like, rose says rose says like i i was actually born here in london 50 years from now in the future and nancy doesn't believe it she says there's no way that you're from here because we there's no not going to be a future for any of us just more, more specifically when when rose says that this is where she's from 50 years yeah. in the future nancy's like oh god you're german and then she's like no 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 don't tell anyone don't tell anyone i told you this but the germans will not win I do like the idea of Nancy being like, guys, this time-traveling girl told me that, the, that, that we win! Yay! And they're like, oh, cool. Let's stop trying. <laughs> like, I don't know what that would do. <laughs> yeah, it's apathy. Oh, we uh, win no matter what, so why are we bothering? The uh, the 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 doctor and Jack uh, crack open the transporter, and yes, it is indeed empty. Wink, wink. Um... Well, he says it is empty, but that's weird because you would expect a medical transporter from especially the, uh, from the Chula, Chula medical to be full of nanogenes. So where are they? So this is well, what we get the explanation. Um, here's and it's what a happened. good explanation. I it it totally it. worked for me. So good. Okay. So here's what it was. When the Chula transporter crashed into Earth... It landed either near or on. We haven't on, decided. On, on, on. It splattered it landed, him. It splattered a little boy. Um, the doctor points out that, like, he says something about life is just nature's way of keeping meat fresh. To nanogenes, it doesn't matter if you're dead, it can put you back together. It brings the boy back to life. But because... It's never seen a human before. Yeah. It, it only has contact, one data point to work off of. Its first contact is with a scared, dead little child in a gas mask. Which and is it's so just, because it's like it's like okay, I'm I'm looking at this this being that is dead. I don't understand it enough to know what caused what, its death. Yeah. What it doesn't know where the human starts and the child and the like the age of it or the 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 form of it. That's why the so gas it basically, masks are made of it, flesh. It basically comes to the conclusion of this little dead boy died for no discernible reason might as well have been from old age so i'm just going to assume i'm just gonna switch i'm gonna flip the life slash death switch and set this kid to alive and i'm just gonna assume that everything else of this species is supposed to look like this which is why it's putting gas masks on everyone they all have a scar on their hand it's putting the scar on their hand it's like oh you're supposed to have that weird thing on your hand And also, it's putting them into the mental state that the boy had as he was about to die. Where's my mummy? Which is why all of them are looking for their mummies. He said, the doctor says, uh, that the, the nanogenes now, as, as far as they know, they are flying around the planet, finding unwell humans, putting their gas masks back on. <laughs> making them wonder where their mummy is as they're supposed to be and cutting their hand up. It's a, as a premise, I love it. It does raise the question of like, why are these so poorly designed? Yeah. Like, like surely this is, this is the capacity of this to be used as a weapon is, is enormous. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like you could just send the nanogenes to a planet with like a dead body sitting. Here's right what next a living human looks like. Go fix that for all humans. <laughs> But I, what I, I do like about it is that it's this episode is so scary and like sinister and dark and creepy. But at the end of the day, the cause of it is a nano machine that you know, in its own 
whatever its capacity for thought is, which seems to be enormous, uh, seeing as how it can do all kinds of different things, it uh, is trying to fix people and make them healthy. And I like that juxtaposition here. Um, and I especially like how it ends the episode, which we will get yes. to in just a moment. Yes. Uh, unfortunately so- for everybody, the mystery has been solved, but Jamie and the gas mask crew are here with all of the all of the the gangers and there's um, another layer to this which is that this isn't just a, a medical transporter this is a battlefield ambulance so what right. it thinks it's doing is it's patching up soldiers on the battlefield and because which Jamie, is why yeah. Jamie is so strong why Jamie can use those radios because obviously the soldiers are going to need to be able to contact each other on the radio Yep, and uh, and that's why he's the uh, he's the leader of the gas mask crew. Yeah, kind of just defaulted to Jamie as the leader of the of the forces. Uh, the doctor, meanwhile, in the middle of this, he's like, also that that famous bomb that we that you were counting on for your scam is gonna land on us any minute now. Right. Uh, uh, and Nancy is like, oh my god, this is all my fault, and she starts crying, and then all the gas mask people. Don't like that. They don't like that. They don't like um, that Nancy is crying. The, doctor and the doctor's then like, is Nancy, like, how, old how old are you? So, let's see. Oh, Bob, this is when Jack is like, okay, I gotta go stop these bombs. Goodbye. Yeah, he, he says, I can't. I don't have time to override the teleport again, so I, I can, I'm gonna teleport out. Uh, and he, he, do, he does, and he leaves, he's gone. So this is when uh, the mystery is revealed. He's like, Nancy, you're what, are you like 20? Uh, the Jamie, the little boy, is like what five or or four or five. So you single would have been... single teenage mother in the 1930s can't uh, can't not good. That's that's no good. So she she lied. She said, "Oh, this this kid Jamie, this is my little brother," and she told everyone that Jamie was her little brother. But that's not her little brother. That's her. And then that's Jamie's son. like, Jamie walks up to her and he's like, "Are you my mummy?" And the doctor's like. He's not going to stop asking. So you've got to tell tell him the truth. The, the future, future of the human yeah. race is in your hands. Oh, it's such a good moment. And Nancy's like, "Yes, Jamie, I'm your mummy." And yeah, they she, hug. And she then, hugs him, and then the nanogenes surround them. And again, I thought that the stupid sci-fi explanation for this actually no, it's good. Really it's worked. cool. It's like wait, it's recognizing Nancy is like the more complete, like genetic profile of a human because. Because, because they, they, they shared, have the same yeah, DNA exactly. is very important. It's like, oh, this is this doctor, is his mom. By the way, the doctor is like she doesn't have a gas mask and she's alive and well. The doctor oh, is so fucking hype about this. He's like pogging. He's like, come on, please, come on. Oh my god, on. yeah. He's like, he's like, come on, nanogenes. You've got all the information. Put it together, nanogenes. And then, please come on, just give me this one. And then he and then uh he walks up behind Jamie and he pulls the gas mask off yeah and jamie's okay and he he lifts the kid up and he this is oh yeah this this line is great he says welcome back jamie 20 years till pop music you're gonna love it (laughs) what a weird what a weird thing to say and then he's like uh oh right 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 before he does the uh before he does the the funny thing um a bomb falls on them but before it lands on them uh, Jack Harkness swoops in, and uh, he's he like puts the bomb in the tractor beam or something. Yeah, he he puts it in stasis. He's also sitting on the bomb. If you just get like in that the funny reference. movie, like in a funny movie. 
Uh, I do want to mention the before the bomb drops, there's a silly little joke where uh, he like hands Jamie back to Nancy and he's like, the nanogenes were able to figure it out because their their previous understanding was overridden by the superior DNA. In other words, mother knows best. Didn't like that one. That one wasn't. I thought it was, it was really corny, but I liked it. Uh, <laughs> Jack, Jack is, is riding on the bomb. He's like, all right, I'm going to take this bomb away. Goodbye, Rose. Oh, oh, and then he says, uh, what he says, like, I like your, your I shirt. like your Union Jack shirt. Whatever. No, what's up with that? It's because it's a Union Jack and he's very, he's very narcissistic. <laughs> so, uh, he flies away with the bomb. Uh, the nanogenes are, are, the doctor says that they are essentially doing a software patch. And, and they, then he's they like, all... you want to, you want to see dancing Rose? Check this shit out. And then he just like, blasts the gold he just like hucks the nano genes at the gas mask gang this is a very uh a very iconic moment uh where the doctor all of the all of the people turn back into humans and normal and then the doctor like exclaims everybody lives rose just Just this once once. everybody lives i love it i think it's It's great great. it's It's really nice in this in this in this two-part of course we have to remember there's a whole other part of this episode that we didn't see which oh yeah it's gonna be a bummer when we eventually have to watch the empty child and it's just like oh man we're not gonna get any resolution to this. I bet they're all gonna die. They're gonna die. But it's like in this, you know, very particularly dark two-parter. It actually ends up having the most light and upbeat ending, where all of the people who did seemingly die are actually fixed and actually better off. You know, are healthy. Oh my god! Before. Yes, on that it's note, it's the funniest shit he, ever. He finds Doctor Constantine yeah. and says. Uh, he's like, hey, you're all better, and all your patients are all better, too. Don't ask why you're in a blown-up train station. It's not important. And, and then this old woman walks Constantine is like, uh, what What should I tell my patients if they ask what happened? And he says, just don't make a big thing of it. Just doctor. tell them that you're, that you're a great doctor and you helped them. And this old lady comes up to him, and she's like, doctor, my leg is back. <laughs> I checked into the hospital with one leg, and now I have two legs. And he's like... Maybe you miscounted? <laughs> so fucking funny. The doctor, uh, like, hops up on the, the canister thing, and he's like, All right, guys, beat the Germans, save the world, don't forget the welfare state, don't forget to stop uh, stop Thatcher from dismantling said re- welfare state. Ah, I geez. like that he, he he's like, once everyone clears out, I'm going to rig this transporter to explode, because history says that there was an explosion here. Yeah, and he says, "Who am I to argue with history?" And Rose is like, "Usually, you, the first one in the world to argue with that. history." You loved it's your favorite thing to do. Uh, and yeah, they're back on the TARDIS. The Doctor is he's over the moon. He's he's like, so happy. He, he's, he's like, he's the nanogenes are going to fly around. They're going to fix all of the people up, and then they're going to deactivate. Uh, Nancy and Jamie uh, can get help from Doctor Constantine. Everyone's going to be all right. This is where Rose says, oh, look at you beaming away like your father Christmas. And he says, who says I'm not Red Bicycle when you were 12? Do you like, you like, you like that? You like the Doctor being Santa? You like that? I love the, well, he's, I don't think that we're supposed to interpret this as the Doctor is literally Santa and that all the stories of Santa are actually about the Doctor. I think it's just another instance of the Doctor in his travels. Just, you know, he's... When when nothing else is going on, just sometimes he likes to just pick a random kid and just do stuff to make them happy. I just think that's nice. Well, did, did do you think that he actually brought a red bicycle to to Rose just surf just completely by 
random chance when she was I think a child. That he- I think that maybe he, like, heard Rose, like, he was just walking around on the street and he heard Rose say, Mom, I want a red bicycle! Mommy. Or something. Mommy! Are you my mommy? Yes. Or maybe, maybe... Grandpa Prentice! Maybe, have you considered, he wrote a note to self. One day, you know, maybe, maybe Shuti Gatwa will deliver a red bicycle to a child, a blonde... <laughs> 12 year old girl i cannot imagine and i think we've joked about it before but the the three-dimensional chess that would be required for doctor who in series one to be doing foreshadowing for stuff that they will pick up like 15 series later as a joke i uh, i i have always operated under the assumption that like it, it, the the like concept of causality or whatever in Doctor Who just doesn't like. I don't think I I don't I don't think you can do that in Doctor Who. It always just feels like there's one set outcome of events and and the the Doctor you know has already showed up by the time you got there. Something I'm starting to pick up on on that subject is this as a show that is designed to be for viewers of all ages. This is a show that is not at all interested in any of that shit. It's good. That's and a good God, that's a huge it, plus of the show. Although Who it cares? did make me think I was thinking about it specifically when Jack Harkness was like, "Oh, it's a shame you couldn't have seen the factory. It's destroyed now." And I'm like, "Well, no it isn't. It's going right. to be destroyed a long time from now. You could absolutely go and check it out before it's destroyed." And it made me think have you read The Restaurant at the End of the Universe by Douglas Adams? I have a long time ago. Do you remember when they talk about, because the thing with The Restaurant at the End of the Universe is that it's not spatially at the end of the universe, it's temporally at the end of the right, universe. Right, it's like it, it teleports there, like it's it It's frozen there. in time right. at the last moment of the universe. So everything that happens in the restaurant is happening in the same instant. So <laughs> there's a note about like... It's so confusing to talk about what happens in the restaurant grammatically that they had to introduce new grammar where you would be like, I'm in the bathroom right now. <laughs> I'm going to have been in the bathroom. Man, Douglas Adams is a very funny writer. Did and, you know, by and the I way- just in that moment, I was just like, you know, I love that joke in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm I'm actually glad that Doctor Who yeah. just doesn't bother. They're like, oh, the factory was destroyed. It Did is you know, destroyed way, now. That, uh, Don't worry about it. Hitchhiker's Guide was originally conceived as a as a uh, TV movie. I script. believe this is the third time that you've mentioned that. Yeah, it's Doctor Who and the Cricket Men, which is the plot of Life, Life, the Universe, and Everything. I think is is about the Cricket Men. It's interesting. Yes, and right? I think I think that's the third time you've mentioned that. I don't think I've mentioned it once on this podcast. You definitely, before. definitely. Did have. you know, by the way, that when uh, did you know that on in Lord of and the Rings? More importantly, when, when are, are we? Did you know that in the two, uh, in the Two Towers movie, when Vigo Mortensen kicks the helmet, he actually broke his toe? Did you know that Harrison Ford was shitting his guts out <laughs> for the whole <laughs> filming process? Of every Indiana Jones movie, including the one they're working on now. <laughs> He's just propelled forward by a rocket stream of diarrhea at all okay, times. Okay, so so the doctor is like, everyone made it out of this. Okay, no one's going to die. This is amazing. And Rose is like, what about what Jack? You- and he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, what? She's like, why did Jack say goodbye? Uh, no, Jack like- can't die. He's going to be in Torchwood. Uh, <laughs> he's got to become the face of Bo. Uh, <laughs> he gets blown up by a bomb, but when I blown say blown up. up, I mean literally his the size is blown up and his head becomes <laughs> real big, and he becomes a weird kitty. He cat, says, man. "He says I have to." He says, "I have to." Uh, computer, engage protocol C. Put me in the jar. Protocol K for kitty. Uh, okay, 
So we go to Jack on his ship, and he's asking the ship computer, like, what options do we have for disposing of this bomb safely where I don't die? And it's like, no. I do like Jack Harkness is a fucking idiot where he's like, okay, can we put the bomb on the escape pod? And the computer's like, there is no escape pod. Okay, can you put me on the escape pod? There is no escape pod. (laughs) He's like, can we jettison the bomb? No. Can we? No. Okay, no. But what? No. He's like, okay. All right. Well, emergency. Give it to me straight. What are the chances that I survive this? And it says, no. <laughs> it says there was a 100% probability that you will be pasted like an episode of Rick and Morty and it'll be sick as fuck. And he says, he says, okay, well, in- initiate emergency protocol 417. Put me in the jar. Sorry. Which is where no jar. It, uh, it pours him a, a cocktail. And he complains about it. He's like, this place says I'm not coming back. Which is a good joke. It's pretty I, funny. I liked I like this part where he's like, oh, you know, last time I was sentenced to death, I, I ordered for my last meal four hyper vodkas, and the next thing I knew, I was waking up in bed with both of my executioners. And this this is the joke that I love, which is, they were really nice. They stayed in touch. You can't say that about most executioners. That's a, that's pretty good. It's a good joke. Sam, while we're talking about uh, about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, what is the name of the signature drink of that series? Do you remember? Oh, God. Uh, the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. There we go. 42. Do you know there's an episode of this fucking show called 42? <laughs> of our podcast? I just, I just saw it. I just saw it. Yeah, of our podcast. It's this one. Uh, I just saw it scrolling through as I was trying to find uh, one of the episodes. It was like forty two. Great, cool. I loved those Love books. It. I don't. I. I. I think they probably hold up. I haven't gone I've back to them, them but I've I feel like them. by all accounts they hold up. I. I think they're great books. I. I listen to the audiobooks, uh if I'm ever on a flight, uh, or the the radio play. I mean, um, uh, and it's very. Did funny. you know actually that Doctor Who uh, or that Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy was actually originally uh, written as a Doctor Who story? Oh, is it really? Yeah, it was the Cricket Men. Oh, from from Life, the Universe, and everything. The the Cricket Men. They have to find the bales. The the and and that was originally an episode of Doctor. So he that thanks was... the computer, uh, and uh, then he hears he's Does like, he "Well, Moonlight's... I guess I'm going to die." And then he hears Moonlight Serenade playing, and he's like, "What the hell?" Oh, <laughs> he no, looks I'm over, gonna... and the <laughs> TARDIS is parked game. inside the ship, and Rose is like, "Well, h- fucking hurry up." <laughs> This is what I was, I was telling you this during the, uh, the, uh, Rebel Flesh episode of like, how, what is the logistics of the TARDIS teleporting? And I said it could just become the wall or the door of a building. This is what uh-huh. I mean. There, there yeah. you go. Yep. Uh, um, so Jack runs into the TARDIS, uh, which safely flies away from the ship. I like the uh, doctor's like, close the door. This is, <laughs> your ship's about to explode and I don't want them to be a yeah, He's like, close the fucking door, idiot. Uh, and he, he and Rose are dancing, uh, and he's, he's like grumbling about how he's like, I swear to God, I used to be good at this. <laughs> I do have a note here, uh, which is, I noticed the fucking hat stand Fuck that we off, saw no Leela setting up in Bullshit. The Invisible Enemy from 1977. Does the TARDIS have, like, the inside of the TARDIS has changed considerably from, from, from now and then and, and even into Jodi's episode, like... But is there, like, consistent TARDIS furniture that we could look out for? I don't know how much, but I did see on the wiki there is an article for this specific hat stand. It's, it's just... That, it's that, around. That rules. I love that. Yeah. Uh, 
speaking of of hats, uh, on our next Patreon episode on Horror of Fang Rock, the the fourth Doctor's got a really good weird ass hat moment that I can't oh. wait to talk about on Patreon.com slash Pontybirds. So uh, there's a, a silly little joke here where uh, they welcome him to the TARDIS and he says the classic bigger on the inside and the Doctor says, you better be. What does that mean? Can you explain that joke to me? I don't it means, get it. It means that the Doctor got a bad impression of Jack Harkness, but he's kind of trusting Rose that this guy, that there's more to him than the Doctor thinks there is. Oh, bigger on the inside. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and then he changes the song to, to a more it, upbeat song also by the to, Glenn Miller yeah, Orchestra. in the mood by Glenn Miller. And then he's like, aha, I remember now. And then he does like a funny dance. And, he starts and, he starts whipping a nay-nang and he's like, that's right. I know how to I know how to do this. Yeah, he does the hype dance. He's, um, he's like, wait a minute. I know what the problem is. It's just, this isn't my song. Hold on. Opa Gangnam Style. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> There's like a bespoke doctor themed cover of, of 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 Crank That Soldier Boy. God. Uh so this is I didn't quite understand what this ending was because Rose like wanted to dance with Jack, but the doctor's like, fuck that, you're dancing with me. And then Jack just stands there awkwardly smiling as he watches them dance. Fairy the tales the can come true. <laughs> it could happen to you. Ancient Jergenet reference. Or I guess it works because they reference. have a considerable age gap, too, if you think about it. <laughs> if anyway. you survive to 909. But then I cheered and stood and stomped and clapped my feet. Uh, when we see the next time on, I did you remember, watch it this do you, time? Uh, do you remember the, the fucking reptilian I remember the aliens? weird little guys, the Slithians! The Slithians who, who, they take off their skin suits and it plays and fart And fucking hell, J-Pack. Army of Ghosts Rose is like, well, Card- uh, 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 Leeds or whoever it was the elected a, a ghost MP. The doctor looks, he's like, he's like, oh my, my amazing mood has been ruined as he looks at the newspaper and he's like, a slithing was elected mayor of Cardiff. <laughs> I this is back in the uh, early days of Doctor Who, where a considerable portion of the plot revolves around Cardiff. Cardiff, because this was made by BBC Wales. I think that does uh, stop happen- happening after a certain point. But Cardiff I will, I will say yeah. to clarify, not that it matters because we're not doing this episode right now. But uh, it wasn't that a slithing was elected mayor of Cardiff. It was, it was that a human a person who. Yes, because they the Slithians be, impersonate yeah. humans and, like, they're explode rep- out of their faces. They're reptilians, basically. They are reptilians, but they're reptilians with silly little baby faces that funny, I love. very funny, and they make fart sounds when they climb out of their uh, That's their right, suits. they do make fart sounds. And yes, the Slithian mayor of Cardiff wants to build a nuclear power plant on top of a space-time rift or something. We'll get that eventually. But for now... My, my most favorite part of the episode. Well, first off... Oh yeah, uh, I give um, it an A. A plus. This is a this is Doctor Who at its finest. Uh, Absolutely, it'll, it'll be hard to not talk. only not only is it like really good at what it is. Like this is what I think of Doctor Who as. This is it's like, like everything like, I want an episode of Doctor Who to be doing it as best as it could possibly. It's like, and and I like also I really like it's set in a moment in history. Right? It's it's not it's it it, it it's it's you know it, it looks good. It's doesn't look super expensive like Rosa did. That made me yeah yeah the great budget. episode, great episode, just a great episode all around. Um, but uh, everyone but let's knows find that. out if we'll have a great episode next time. Uh, well, we so we still haven't seen Capaldi. Uh, you're hoping? I feel like you're holding out for a Smith episode. I mean, I, I I would love a Capaldi. 
I would like a Capaldi. I, I also, you know what? I'm also uh, missing missing Matt as well. Lauren's in here, so Lauren's going to get to find out what we're watching next time. For transparency, go. I would like you to uh, share your screen so I can. So I oh, can I'm already in it. Sorry. Oh, okay. No uh, funny business. Capaldi's here. Oh, okay. We've got series ten, episode three, Thin Ice. Thin Ice. That sounds interesting. Oh, Matt Lucas is in this one. Oh, I know him from the bake- baking show. He's my least favorite of the hosts. This the one got show. good reviews. Oh, okay. Who wrote it? Moffat. Chib no uh, wait. Moffat? It was uh Sarah Dollard. Oh, I see. I'm looking at I'm looking at this is just giving me every Doctor Who writer <laughs> fucking writing. <laughs> Thin Ice received mostly positive reviews from critics, with many labeling the topic of racism in the episode as well-executed. Great for us! We've all we, been waiting. We absolutely love when we get a chance to talk about racism on our Doctor Who podcast. Another, I literally said at the end of our Rosa episode, thank God, thank we, God don't, we don't have to talk about segregation I'm seeing. I'm seeing a review from, uh, from Radiotimes.com, how Doctor Who addresses race and racism in Series 10 episode <laughs> Thin Ice. Uh... Well, if it got good reviews, you know... It got good reviews. It got good I'm reviews. I'm excited but to... Uh, we're going to see Peter Capaldi. I'm excited to see Peter Capaldi. He he looks like a real fucking freak. <laughs> I mean, nothing will ever Top come how close he in the Suicide Squad. to thinker in Suicide the Nasty, suicide squad. nasty, nasty boy in the Suicide Vile Squad. Vile man. Disgusting. Good movie, though. It was, it was pretty good. I liked it. It was, it was alright. It wasn't I bad. Liked, I liked it. Jordan? Yeah. Uh, if people like this podcast, did you know that they can support us on patreon.com slash Not only bros? can they support us on patreon.com slash bros, but actually, there's, uh, you, you know, altruistically, thank you for supporting us and showing us that you like what we do. Um, but, but selfishly, you actually get access to something really cool. Uh, IMO, which is you get our bonus episodes, which is when we talk about a randomly selected Doctor Who serial. And I have been informed that our next classic episode, Doctor Who, to be classic clear. Doctor Who serial, I've been informed that our next episode, a uh, Tom Baker episode called The Horror of Fang Rock, which is what we're doing next, is one of Tom Baker and, and one of the fourth Doctor's most beloved episodes ever. So. I watched uh, I watched part one of the two parts we're going to be watching, and I'm excited for part two. That'll be that'll be cool. So, so that's you know one dollar. Also, I $1. did just realize this is it's it's 2022 as we record this, but this is going to be our our first episode of the new year. Happy New Year! Oh, it's like we're traveling through time as we. Oh, this episode is not going to come out for right. a Uh Okay, so so uh, so. What was it? Oh yeah, one dollar gets you all of that, all of our episodes, plus every other piece of bonus bullshit that we've done. I mean, I in guess you time. can do this. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing. What it. else does it get you? Uh, it gets you all kinds of stuff. You can listen to our uh, Kylix Y fanfic specials, our Secret Life fanfic specials, the Grant what High School e- get you? Uh, Grant High School Exchange program. Oh, also, it gets you a very special role in our Discord. Nope. As our, it gets you a special role in our Discord. Well, well, you can do it. I don't have any of this shit in front of me. <laughs> abort! Abort! Abandon! It joke. gets you a pretty special role in our Discord Thank server, you. marking you as lightly coated in slime, plus all the other stuff that Jordan said, which was correct. $5 gets you a pretty special role in our Discord server, marking you as entirely covered in slime. We will slime you real good. <laughs> we'll get the uh, Nickelodeon secret formula and take it to your house personally. 
Well, I can't, we're going to be watching Capaldi. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she's never seen Capaldi in anything. Uh, what? Never even knew what about it. I watched it in the loop, and I watched his first season as the Doctor. Oh, shit. Oh. I don't know if I knew that. Well, well. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> five dollars also gets you a shout out on the podcast, and you can send us a message that we'll read in any of our funny voices. I don't know that we've named them on Doctor, huh? But you know, we got Ben voice, we got Kyle XY voice, we got Dalek voice now, Steppenwolf voice, whatever the I like, fuck I like you it. want. It, it must be very, you know, I, I have to assume that there are some people who are joining us just for Doctor Who. Which, first oh, of sure. all, if you're here just for that. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if you're not familiar with our other podcasts that we've done and all of our funny voices, this must be very confusing when you say without any context the phrase Ben voice. You know Ben Boykovich from The Secret Life of the American you know Teenager voice? and his iconic voice that doesn't sound anything like him? It sounds like him. He sounds like this. He sounds like this. He sounds like this. He kind of sounds like Squidward. See? I haven't, I don't do it very often these days. It never sounds right anymore. Droopy Mole Man voice. $10 uh, gets you an incredibly special Discord where I'm marking you as a companion of the show made of slime, which lets you listen to the podcast live while we record it. Thank you to our $10 and $5 subscribers, Cassidy, Destryhawk, H. Cabe, Colin Paget, Arnold, Dan Big Challenge, Silva, JCH, Roy, Stephanie B, Stephanie, Karen, and Tasty, C. Sponge, and Jordan. You. What? What? We have a message this week. I think it's my turn. Let me paste this for you. Just like that kid in the episode got pasted. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Fuck you! Yeah, I'm gonna, still gonna make you read this. You know that, right? Who sent this in, by the way? Oh, nobody. I lied. Oh, we don't have a... Okay, well, uh, cool then. Uh, Sam, uh, here, I'll send you a message that I sent in. Uh, through our <laughs> Is Patreon. it gonna be the same message? I'm gonna send this to you, and I would like you to read this in Sam voice, and I would like you to take our, uh, you know, we had a good time this week, but I think it'd be good if we could all clo- close our eyes, bow our heads, and and before we leave this week, maybe you could lead a- our congregation in a prayer. Do I have to read it twice? Because you have of to read joke? it once uh, <laughs> in, in Sam voice, please. May your life flow like a river. Oh, this is your real voice? Confirmed? Huh? I said, you know, I kind of I kind of tone it down for the podcast. Oh, okay. May your days smell sweet as a rose. May your nights be calm and still as an Amy Pond. Oh, May you be as lucky as an ace in a game of Blackjack Harkness. Hey, we know who he is now. <laughs> I'm so bad at this voice now. It's been so long. And may the doctor light your path through time. Light your path through time! I'm trying so hard not to do a Mark <laughs> Prutch, uh W.C. Fields voice. Well, you can do that one later. Bye, everybody! <laughs> Bye! We're on Noise Space. <laughs> <laughs>